Welcome everyone to the Anarcho-Biblicalist Book Club. My name is Jordan, and with me as always is Juan. How are you doing? I'm doing good. As you can probably notice now, I finally got a good microphone on hand, so now we have 50% better audio. Woo! Kind of ironic that the <laughs> sound engineer had the shittiest sound quality. Alas, you didn't have a Yeti blue microphone that you could borrow from your girlfriend. <laughs> no, I had two karaoke mics and a Guitar Hero mic. That's all I had. Well, I mean, it's, it's what you could work with. <laughs> we do what we can. So... Last we left off, we saw Cain and Abel, the first murder, uh, Noah, the first genocide, the flood, that weird bit with slavery and Noah being naked, and the Tower of Babel. Uh, today we are going to pick up with a new main character, a feller named Abram. What do you know about Abram, Juan? This is not Abraham, right? I'm not going to spoil anything, but uh, God damn it. let's just say that... Uh, their names are really similar, and I've never seen them in the same room before. Abram sounds like a generic brand of crackers. <laughs> sounds like a down-home country fucking <laughs> brand of crackers. Here at Abram Crackers, <laughs> we use the finest ingredients sourced straight from Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've never heard of Vichy Tales songs about this guy, so I don't think I've ever heard of him at all. Damn. That's the... Veggie Tales keeps spoiling the fucking outcomes to my podcast co-host is the thing so i i got a bone to pick with veggie tales frankly i don't think so because most of it is most of the veggie tales songs that i know like they're i think they're in like the era of veggie tales where we're talking about the bible but i don't think the songs have much to do with the bible because i remember the rape the ras of grape songs and i don't think that has anything to do with it something about Damn, it was Drew Asparagus singing a really catchy song. I can't remember what it is now. But something about a king that fought off a lion. That's most of how I can, how I remember the Veggie Tales. It's just, I think there's an asparagus singing a catchy song or something. Uh, the the cucumber is singing in Argentinian Spanish. <laughs> oh, is that how uh, you interfaced with uh, Veggie Tales? You got the Argentinian version? No, no, even in the English version oh. of Veggie Tales, there was a song in which Larry the Cucumber is dancing some Argentinian dance and singing in Spanish huh. and shit I think that's all that's I think that's all I remember I remember watching the Jonah movie but I don't remember much huh so that's why I'm saying the main leave tales alone interaction I want to say I maybe watched the Jonah thing as a kid in Catholic school like I'm sure I watched a lot of it but the weird thing is that like I really don't have many memories at all let alone fond ones of veggie tales actually but uh i remember me and my friends in high school wrote a song and recorded it and we listened to it later and it actually had the melody of jonah was a prophet <laughs> from the veggie tales <laughs> oh shit they also did i know it as the spider-man 2 mm -hmm. pizza delivery song but i think most people know it as the, the like it's, it's an italian mm -hmm. folk song i think but in Veggie Tales, it was something about some big squash thing on some guy's chocolate. Huh. So, oh, I think I might know what you're talking about. That's just the the with that melody. Maybe maybe splice it in here if you want.
Damn, I need to rewatch Veggie Tales. I feel like we're missing like something that will fit like the modern meme comedy style. I feel uh, like yeah. it was very LOL, low random. Huh. Now that I think about it, the first time in twenty years, probably. Heard <laughs> that it took three episodes to, to like, for Veggie Tales to finally show up in the conversation. It's three episodes too many. <laughs> it took twenty years for Veggie Tales to come back into my life. It started with this conversation. True. I'm sure we've talked about the Bible in some capacity, just in our regular conversations yeah. before this all right all right so <laughs> let's jump on into it abram this abram fella let's figure out what is gonna go on with him let's see how you piss us off god <laughs> yeah okay now these are the descendants of Terah. Terah was the father of abram nahor and haran and haran was the father of lot haran died before his father Terah in the land of his birth in ur of the chaldeans abram and nahor took wives the name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarai was barren. She had no child. God damn, what a misogynist <laughs> way of describing somebody. <laughs> yeah, it, it is kind of just a fucked up thing that was taken for granted, calling people barren. <laughs> calling human beings, bearing human beings to just fucking deserts. But... Like they're like they're the fucking ground, like they're the soil. Nah, you see that day in there? She's as dry as the Sahara Desert. Like ben Shapiro's wife. Oh my god. <laughs> Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot out of Haran and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they went out together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Yeah, okay. So, casual incest right off the bat, with Milka and Nahor being cousins. But, uh, number one, that's going to be a common thread here, unfortunately. Well, I mean, there was only one family left after the flood, so I can't imagine a world without this incest like 20, after this point. I mean, fair. But, like, this is also, like, however many generations later. I think there's a big old list between the flood and now. Yeah, but these people live to be, like, 200 True. years old, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, and moreover, like, a lot of ancient civilizations... I think we might have talked about this last episode, I forget, but a lot of ancient civilizations had, like, weird conceptions of what was and was not okay in terms of marriage to family. Like, I think, like, the Romans literally had it, like, you know, DNA is stored in the balls, and, like, <laughs> if you're if you're related to somebody by a man that's not okay but if you're related to somebody by a woman then that then it's whatever but anyways yeah this might be the the ur that we know of from ancient sumeria but like maybe not i think at least wikipedia okay, was, was kind of inconclusive about it yeah that was my understanding it's like oh ur from like you know one of the first major cities that we know of yeah, I think at the very least there's some discourse about whether it's that or... And then if yeah. I remember correctly, Can the the land of Canaan is Africa. Right? No, actually. The, no? the land oh. of Canaan is basically modern-day Palestine, oh. uh, Israel kind of area. Maybe a little bit bigger, but like overall that's roughly it. Is there any significance to why it's mentioning where he moved to and where he died? Like, is there, like, a shrine in Haran or something? Um, probably not. I mean, my thought is that maybe the Bible likes to throw in details like that, or maybe there's something from ancient times that I don't, that we don't, I don't have the context for at the very least. But, uh, yeah, as to specifically why they mentioned where they died, it might be 
a story structure thing because spoiler alert abram's not gonna die abram's gonna be away from his fucking birth land (laughs) from his from his homeland for a long time here and is very much gonna be tied to the land of canaan a man by my own fate (laughs) yeah so So this passage here is just basically saying like hey your boy abram did some incest now onto his story not abram his brother oh and his cousin (laughs) i don't think it says that sarai and abram are related anyways but yeah well oh okay that's good our next protagonist isn't going to be incestual so let's let's go i'm not already this kinda one anyways this guy. not not yet <laughs> oh not well not not this particular guy i'll say that now the lord god said to abram go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that i will show you i will make of you a great nation and i will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing i will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you i will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed yeah so god comes into the story and tells abram go go over there i feel i feel like this how every country justifies itself though there is a lot of there's a lot of historical shit about like oh this hero from specifically the trojan war came over here and founded our country england <laughs> like shit like that 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 was a big thing in like ancient and medieval times is <laughs> great man went from specifically the trojan war and came and founded my nation why did like everybody just go to fight in troy and just never went back home (laughs) not odysseus well at least it it took him a long time but like everyone sort of imagines like an odyssey happening to their specific guy who came and founded their oh place (laughs) (laughs) oh that that wow that's some like some cultural jealousy it's like no fair. They got a cool story to go with their shit. Yeah, that's oh, the no, big thing cool with story. Rome. That, that that's the story of the Aeneid, basically, which like certainly did not happen. <laughs> Is that Aeneas, a Trojan? Oh my god, had this... had his own little odyssey. Talk about stolen valor. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea of just like Greeks being like being just fucking reactionary. <laughs> it's just like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> just like asking like a fucking like british person about like specifics of the trojan war <laughs> it was like what do you hey do you, you remember the wine dark sea oh yeah uh i remember the wine dark sea it's like oh do you remember the rage of achilles <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh yeah. ooh, he was angry. just like going up to him with like a can with like a phone in their face recording them yo the greeks were fucking reactionaries <laughs> Like, if you put them in modern day, their Twitter profile picture would be of Greek statues. At least the Spartans. And they would be fucking kids. Well, yeah. <laughs> the Spartans were more reactionary than, like, the Athenians, though. The Athenians were, like, ancient communists, basically. <laughs> not exactly. Not not in their yeah, economy, but, like, in their, demo- in, in, in their political system. They were, like, the weird radicals that nobody thought their government would work in practice. And then they and then they started an empire I because mean, history fucking repeats itself, I guess. Oh my god, they were communists, it's like <laughs> the Soviet Union all over again. Yeah, it's like, hey, we formed a democratic nation. Now let's turn it into an empire. <laughs> exactly. I kind I kind of figured there might be some similarities there, considering since like every communist favorite philosopher is fucking Diogenes. <laughs> Diogenes from Athens, right? It, do communists like him specifically and particularly? I, f- I don't know. That's yeah. that's what I've noticed. 
I don't have any I don't have any <laughs> evidence to back this up. But I feel like if you ask like nine out of ten <laughs> communists, they'd be like, Yeah, Diogenes is my favorite philosopher. Right besides Marx and um fucking <laughs> Noam Chomsky. There's one thing this podcast doesn't really you know it doesn't really care about its uh facts and source citation. There's one thing we don't really need when talking about the Bible. <laughs> but <laughs> all we know- all we need is the Bible itself. I mean, to a certain extent. I mean, this 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 shit is just weird, and I just want to show everyone. <laughs> okay, next verse. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai and his brother's son Lot, and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran, and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place called Sechem, to the oak of Moreh. At that time the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord, who had appeared to him. From there he moved on to the hill country, on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord, and invoked the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on by stages toward the Negeb. Well, nice of God to put um, checkpoints <laughs> along his journey. So when he dies, he can just respond there. So we're getting into the point where they talk a lot about like place names and stuff. I haven't looked very closely into these particular places, but... Um, so so one religious studies man on YouTube named Matt Baker with the who has the YouTube channel Useful Charts uh, talks about like Genesis place names being very out of place and sort of unmoored from time. It's like having like San Francisco in pre-Columbian North America basically in like a story set in pre-Columbian North America where it's like yeah these places existed at a time but like not during the time this is supposed to be. I figured that was a neat detail I'd throw in here. Um, also what is coming to be clear from the text is that Abram is kind of like a nomadic paterfamilias, like in the Roman sense, where basically he has a bunch of servants and slaves and a bunch of property. Like he seems to be like, you know, I mean, they literally call him a patriarch in like, you know, Catholic theology, like this guy and the next few guys who come after him are called the patriarchs. No, yeah, he's very much a patriarch in that he has servants, <laughs> he has people, he has slaves, he he's he's a, he's a slaver. He has he owns people, and they are his property, and they work for him. And it seems to be like a lot of people <laughs> as we go on. You you've ever heard of a man named John McAfee? Um, it depends on. I don't remember. If so, <laughs> I I mean, like, I think there's a lot of McAfees I know in this world. It might be the guy who did the the software. Yes. The guy who did the software named John McAfee, who from the software, you mm-hmm. know, made millions of dollars and became kind of like an uh, anarcho-capitalist. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure why the fuck he ran, I think tax evasion. He ran away from the United States for tax evasion and just kind of traveled around uh, Latin and South America with like his posse of women that I'm pretty sure were sex trafficked. Oh, no. And he would just go running from country to country with all his money and all his property in like a yacht <laughs> that <laughs> and uh and like he, the the ultimate uh climax of his story was when he murdered some guy in i think belize uh-huh 
or some country around there because the guy because it was his neighbor his neighbor told his John McAfee's dogs to shut the fuck up so in response John McAfee murdered his neighbor dear god and so he went back to like the shore of the United States in this luxurious yacht to run for president for the 2020 election <laughs> dear god I'm, I, I'm only stating this because he sounds like the modern day version of Abram honestly hold that picture in your mind okay Honestly, it probably wouldn't hurt if you just pictured John McAfee as the uh, as Abram, and I think I'm gonna choose two from now on. Just a fucking taking a land yacht around the fucking <laughs> around like modern what is modern day Israel and Palestine. Which well, he did is really funny because he was still wanted by the IRS or at least the FBI. <laughs> In the United States, but because he was on the shore of the United States, they couldn't get him. But he was running for president. Yeah, no, he... Yeah. <laughs> we'll see more evidence of it, but, like, you can probably picture Abram as, like, an anarcho-capitalist, like, feudal lord, basically. <laughs> as close as you can probably get to it, because the means of production are not said to be capitalist in this time period. But let's go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now there was a famine in the land. So Abram went down to Egypt to reside there as an alien, for the famine was severe in the land. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, I know well that you are a woman beautiful in appearance, and so when the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, a fu- what a weird flex, but okay. <laughs> No, but hear, hear, hear him out, because he's got a big brain idea here. <laughs> Say you are my sister, so that it may... <laughs> Say... <laughs> Say you are my sister, so that it may go well with me, because of you, and that my life may be spared on your account. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. When the officials of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into the Pharaoh's home. And for her sake he dealt well with Abraham, and he had sheep, oxen, male donkey, male and female slaves, female donkeys, and camels. <laughs> but the Lord of... <laughs> But the Lord afflicted... Okay, no, we, we need to stop here. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to keep reading. Okay, okay, wait. So, so like, because his sister was... Well, quote-unquote sister was so beautiful, did the Pharaoh just give him sheep, oxen, and donkeys? No, he, he gave him... He gave him... Uh, he was like, hey, I like your sister. How about I give you a bunch of stuff? Because maybe I'll... We'll get to it in a sec, but 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 he's like, hey, she's pretty. I'm going to give the patriarch in his in her life some money, so maybe we can make something happen here. Well, wow, this is the equivalent of like some Stan giving some Twitch streamer a bunch of money, and everybody <laughs> else being like, bro, she's not gonna fuck you. <laughs> well, Pharaoh is simping, but <laughs> but it might not go quite the quite the way of that, as we'll see in the next couple of verses. Oh God, let's go. <laughs> But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called to Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say, She is my sister, so that I took her for my wife? Now then, here is your wife, take her and be gone. 
And Pharaoh gave his men orders concerning him, and they set him on the way with his wife and all that he had. <laughs> so it's more, so it's less a simp situation and more a, uh, I'm the Pharaoh situation. So yeah, uh, Pharaoh slept with the dude's wife that, that he thought was his sister. And then he caught an STD. <laughs> I guess you can read it like that. Am I not supposed to read it like that? Cause I felt like that's the obvious. Oh, I read it more as a thing here. Just God gave them all all sorts of different diseases. Well, kind of how you were telling me, like the whole um, Noah thing with his um, sons was like a castration uh, metaphor or something. I kind of took this to mean kind of like an STD one. Shit, maybe. I don't know. It's like don't go sleeping around with other people's wives, or else you'll catch one. <laughs> I mean, huh? I guess you can read it like that. I'm certainly not going to stop you. My thought is that just he gave them boils or like COVID or whatever. Monkeypox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, just a wacky little adulterous adventure. Classic extramarital hijinks. The next few stories are just kind of little vignettes like that. Abram went around, you know, just, just sort of saying Abram went and he did this. And then he went over here and did this thing. So, yeah, I hope you're strapped in. The misadventures of Abram. <laughs> it's the misadventures of Abram. So, Abram went from Egypt. He and his wife and all that he had and lot with him into the Negeb. Now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold, because Pharaoh fucked his wife. That part isn't in there. <laughs> he journeyed on by stages, from the Negeb as far as Bethel, to the place where his tent had been in the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, and the land could not support both of them living together, because their possessions were so great that they could not live together. Thus strife arose between the herders of Abram's livestock and the herders of Lot's livestock. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites lived in the land. Now these here prairies ain't big enough for the two of us. <laughs> yeah, they're fucking suffering from success. They've got so much capital <laughs> that that <laughs> that their fucking underlings are fighting each other about it. <laughs> you know you know the fucking worms from SpongeBob that just go from like place to place and just eat up everything in oh, their the place. Nematodes. The nematodes, yeah. <laughs> they're they're just rocking around like the fucking nematodes and like throughout all the Middle East and Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly they're just sucking up the fucking land <laughs> i was talking with uh my girlfriend rebecca not too long ago about uh how we felt just like before like 1940 everyone was just like yeah you know what this is sustainable <laughs> whatever we're doing just fucking throwing trash into the forest and like pumping out carbon dioxide. This is one of this is one of those. They're the nematodes sucking everything up. Well, it's it's really funny. Is is this? I think this was misintentional. But the guy who has a lot is called Lot. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you're right. A lot of fucking cattle. More like got him. Now, what the hell? Or who are the parasites? The parasites? The parasites. Uh. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me if I understand this. There's already two groups of people living on the land, and then Lot and Abram just come in and start, you know, fucking sucking everything up, too. I think. I mean, probably not necessarily this particular land was inhabited by people. Like, there might have just been, like, a fucking rolling pasture or some, like, area that wasn't necessarily, like, immediately 
inhabited but like in general in that land people were living because like i don't think we get really into the genocides quite yet <laughs> they're coming sure but like they're not like conquering they're just sort of being nomads and living around in the like space between cities i assume this is taking the root of my playthroughs through uh civilization six this is just kind of like the first the first few turns just kind of run run around with your settler and warrior <laughs> before and then i settle near somebody else and then a few turns later to try and wipe them off the map yeah they're basically doing the settler only challenge they're doing the no city run <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it soon but they've got their warriors and they've got their settlers with fucking cattle or whatever but they they're they're not settling any cities yet so wait so so they got their warrior set up without having like a settlement set up yeah like what did they just put their slaves on the fucking chattel sent them down mongolian style how are they sustaining an army <laughs> they're not quite sustaining an army they have the he raises an army in a sec but like mostly he's just the settler and i think me like maybe a, a warrior escort which is how civ 5 went which is what i'm more familiar with but wait so it's not even it's not even the people that him that like went and go far with him he's just like hey fucking god told me to kill these people who's with me and then everybody just kind of like native to Atlanta just kind of looks at each other it's like oh well, i guess we got nothing better to do let's go i, I don't know we'll, we'll, we'll get to it <laughs> we can uh probably speculate on that more when we actually get to the part with fighting but <laughs> i don't know jordan i feel i feel like the bible's being a little bit unrealistic with how genocides are conducted here <laughs> which is pretty uncharacteristic <laughs> No, no, the the flood? Unrealistic, you say? <laughs> then Abram said to Lot, Yeah, one, you, we, we gotta get back to the... to the to how they're suffering from success about, about Abram and Lot. So let's go. Then Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me, and between your herders and my herders, for we are kindred. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. Lot looked about him, and saw that the plain of the Jordan was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, in the direction of the Zor. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Spoilers. So Lot chose for himself all the plain of the Jordan, and Lot journeyed eastward, and they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the plain and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. Like I said, re really heavy-handed with the foreshadowing here, <laughs> but we'll get to that. What do you mean a little heavy-handed? Literally just spoiled the next story. <laughs> Not the next story, but a few stories after this. I fucking love this, though. Like, barely just a few generations ago, God destroyed the land for being wicked, and now they made a whole wicked city. <laughs> Two. Two, even. No dinosaur fights in this one, though. <laughs> shame. Damn shame. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Raise your eyes now, and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all of the land that you see, I will give to you, and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring can also be counted. Rise up, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent, and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron, 
and there he built an altar to the Lord. So where the fuck is that at? Uh, let me see. Because <laughs> I think Hebron is actually a place. It's on the West Bank, basically. Yeah, West Bank. But yeah, uh, God gives another promise. Uh, he's gonna keep doing that. <laughs> he's gonna keep promising, oh, you're gonna have a lot of chill, you're gonna have a lot of offspring, and they're gonna become a nation. But, like, joke's on Abram, because, like, like we can estimate the amount of, uh, dust on the earth, we can also <laughs> have a really good estimate of <laughs> the amount of descendants of Abraham that there are. Also, you know where there's a pretty good amount of dust? Not just on the earth, but in it. True. Yet more fucking... We're, we're slowly building the fill-the-earth theology. We, we've got to fucking dig an underground compound and then get raided by the FDA before this podcast is up. You, you want to fucking re- recreate Waco? <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is... You want to start a fucking <laughs> arms-building industry? Hey, you don't need to have... Shit, I'd be down for it. You don't need to have done anything wrong to get fucking waco man. Oh, I mean, like... You don't have to do anything illegal to... Yeah, you don't have to do anything to illegal. To be Anything under the jurisdiction of the FDA. You don't have to break any of those rules to get FDA'd. Oh my god, you know what we could do? Uh, so, this didn't ha- this didn't ex- obviously didn't exist in Waco's time, but, like, what they were doing in Waco was just buying some, like, rifle parts separately and then putting them together and selling them. Oh, yeah? That's what they were under investigation for in the first place. Oh. We could just buy a 3D printer and make 3D printed guns. And then we get FDA'd. Then we get FDA'd. <laughs> because I thought but, that like, they were, I, them... I thought that they were just, you know, being a horrible cult, but besides that, like, not doing mm-hmm. anything the FDA had jurisdiction over. Okay. No, no, no. They, uh, in the compound that they were, the the way they raised money for their cult was that they were selling arms, mm-hmm. and the way they sold arms at a profit was by buying parts from them from manufacturers and building them themselves. Okay. However, doing that bypassed a lot of tax laws, mm-hmm. and that's what got them investigated in the first place. Okay. Because. I forgot. I forgot the agency that's behind them. They already had bad a bad press from an incident that went bad just a year before, mm-hmm. and so they wanted to make a good press again. So they investigated uh, Waco mm-hmm. to try and get good publicity on their side, which completely backfired. And then they burned down <laughs> a building full of children. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, assembling arms, Juan, we we get our first war. We get our first Bible war. Are you are you, are you excited? <laughs> It's kind of a downgrade from the planet fucking flooding, but let's see where it goes. All right. I feel like we've already seen the horrors God can cost. Like, what's a war, <laughs> really? Well, we're about to find out. And this one is pretty tame by Bible standards, but still our first war. We're going to have a few. In the days of King... Oh, fuck, I forgot how hard these names were to pronounce. In the days of King Amraphel of Shinar... King Arioch of Elisar, King Ketelaomer of Elam, and King Tidal of Goim. I'm sorry, but these sound like Magic the Gathering cards. <laughs> Fucking should be. <laughs> I'd buy these Magic the Gathering cards. I don't even play Magic. These kings made war with King Bera of Sodom, King Bersha of Gomorrah, King Shinab of Adma, and King Shemaber of Zeboim. And the king of Bela, that is Zor. All these forces joined in the valley of Siddim, that is the Dead Sea. Twelve years they had served Kedalormayo. <laughs> Just call him Lord Cheeto. Lord Cheeto? 
All right. <laughs> Whenever you see, if you're reading along at home, if you see Kedor Leomer, we're going to read that as King Cheeto. Twelve years they had served Cheeto, but in the thirteenth year they rebelled. In the fourteenth year, Cheeto and the kings who were with him came and subdued Rephaim and Ashtaroth Karnaim, the Zuzim in Ham, the Emim in Seva Kiriathim, and the Horites in the hill country of Seir, as far as El Paran, in the edge of the wilderness. Then they turned back and came to Enmeshpath, that is, Kadesh, and subdued all the country of the Amekel. Oh, I actually knew how to pronounce that one. And subdued all the country of the Amalekites, and also the Amorites, who lived in Hazazan Tamar. Then the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adma, and the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, that is Zor, went out, and they joined battle in the valley of Sedim, with King Cheeto, and <laughs> with King Cheeto of Elam, King Tidal of Goim, King Amraphel of Sinar, and King Arioch of Elisar, four kings against five. Now the valley of Sidim was full of bitumen, and the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah, and all their provisions, and went their way. Now the valley of Sidim was full of bitumen pits, and as the king of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some fell into them, and the rest fled to the hill country. So the enemy took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah, and all their provisions, and went their way. They also took Lot, the son of Abram's brother, who lived in Sodom, and his goods, and departed. So we've got a damsel in distress, and his name is Lot. Wow, this... this you know how, like, in Modern Blade, when you declare a war, how, like, the, the chat bubble turns into a mess of different kings declaring war on each other? This reads worse than that. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm getting flashbacks to a history class in college. <laughs> this is some intertwining alliances shit <laughs> might i add like fucking none of these people past this story are ever mentioned again it's never mentioned again this sounds like fucking world <laughs> war one it sounds as convoluted as it this is fucking bronze age world war one man so you know we've got our damsel in distress lot so abram yeah that's kind of, that's kind of funny too it's like it's like all these um alliances and kings fighting into each other all for it to be the build-up to they took Lot. Yeah. That's all it is, they, is that they took Abram's boy. They took Abram's boy. This so much set up for such a simple premise. And now Abram is going to dabble in some Middle Eastern interventionalism. Damn, am I hearing an eagle screeching? <laughs> yeah, I think I hear some... Am I hearing rock and yeah, roll? Yeah, I think I hear the fucking Star Spangled Banner in the distance. Damn, they're coming for them bitumen pits. <laughs> Which is basically the, the ancient equivalent of oil. I think oil. I think olive oil was the ancient equivalent of oil, actually, at least for the Greeks. Yeah, isn't bitumen like asphalt? Bro, I don't even. I didn't. I. I fucking did not do enough research for this episode. I think. Oh goddamn! You. I. I, I just realized well, that not, you keep asking me shit, and I keep being like, uh. <laughs> yeah, it looks like. Well, whatever. Like you said. Like you said, this shit's never gonna be mentioned again in this fucking book. So. Alas. So, let's get into that uh war, shall we? Then one who had escaped came and told Abram the Hebrew, who was living by the oaks of Mamre the Amorite, brother of Eshcol and of Aner, these were allies of Abram. 
When Abram heard that his nephew had been taken captive, he led forth his trained men, born in his house, 380 of them, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, he and his servants, and routed them and pursued them to Hobah, north of Damascus. Then he brought back all the goods, and brought back his nephew Lot, and his goods, and the woman and the people. So you gotta love a good slave army. So you just went guerrilla warfare on all these fucking kings? A surprise attack by night, which like, dividing 380 dudes. Like, I think even back then that was a small force. Doesn't seem like a good call, but like, I guess it worked out for him. Well, I mean, when you have an uh, all-powerful, all-omniscient being behind you, anything's possible. And you know what? It worked. He got the loot, and he got the lot. Unlike the United States, he had clear and limited goals, so... So 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 now we can call him uh, victorious. Well, if anything, this kind of reminds me of um, George Washington's raid across the Delaware, where he had like a really underwhelming force against a British fort and attacked them at night. I think he... Which was ultimately the factor that won him that battle. I think he actually did outnumber them, though. He had kind of a shitty army oh, in comparison no. to like the British regulars, but he was against like a smaller detachment detachment of German mercenaries. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Hessians, you know, the bad guys. Yeah, that's right, that's what, yeah, that's... In fucking American mythology, which is a whole other can of worms. Well, lots rescued. Whether George Washington was influenced by Abram's raid on, like, five kings or whatever is a different question. (laughs) But point being, as the text says, he brought back all the goods, he brought his nephew Lot, he brought Lot's goods, the women, and the people, which is just good sentence <laughs> again implying that women are not people <laughs> separately what a what a fucked book <laughs> after his return from the defeat of cheeto and the kings who were with him the king of sodom went out to meet him at the valley of sheva that is the king's valley and king melchizedek of salem brought out bread and wine he was a priest of god most high he blessed him and said Blessed be Abram, by God Most High, maker of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him one-tenth of everything. Then the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have sworn of God Most High, maker of the heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a sandal strap or anything that is yours, so that you might not say, I have made Abram rich. I will take nothing but what the young men have eaten and the share of the men who were with me, Aner, Eskal, and Mamre. Let them take their share. Yeah, so this is what I'm going to continue to call another, another normal one from the Bible. Every time that it says God Most High in this, there's a little fucking asterisk. In Hebrew, what it, what it says is El Elyon. Specifically, Most High seems to be El Elyon. Which means blazed, right? Yeah, it means that he's he's high as fuck, actually. <laughs> in, in the original Hebrew. No, but uh, it seems to be to say different things in different translations. It's possibly some weird syncretistic thing that's happening. Where they see a thing from an older text or like an older thing and being like, Ooh, yep, that's God. Particularly, I it didn't take me 12 times to try and read the name Melchizedek of Salem because 
There's actually a lot of focus on him in Catholic theology. He's said to be a prefigurement of Jesus. Obviously, I don't buy that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, you can read it. At least take it with a grain of salt if you're reading Melchizedek as a priest of God, like Yahweh, like the Lord. Well, I mean, he did bring out bread and wine. And who else praised God and brought out bread and wine? Jesus. Jesus. No, yeah, that's basically that's basically what's going on here. There's a lot to be said about how there's a whole other couple of religions that use this as a holy text that don't have a Jesus in this story. At the very least, I think it's important to realize, hey, there's a lot of ways to read this that don't involve Jesus. And I think a lot of Christians need to remember that. At the very least, in a way that's like, not just ignoring that Judaism exists in particular. It's like reading too much into Dragon Ball, but trying to imply how Goku's a saying in the original Dragon Ball. It's like, <laughs> it wasn't planned yet, don't worry about it. Yeah, no, that, that part wasn't there yet. <laughs> it's what we call a good old anachronism. Okay. So, what, what were you trying to say with uh, El, El, El Yun? Basically, just trying to inject nuance about, hey, maybe you can read this as this guy being a priest of God, but, like, you don't necessarily have to. And moreover, you could read him as Jesus, I guess, if you want, but, like, I'm going to come down even harder on that. Well, I'm going to interpret this as he is a priest of God because it's a fucking miracle you're able to pronounce his name. <laughs> no, that's a... Uh... That's that that that's an anachronism. That's a Catholic theology that makes it such that I can that I can pronounce his name. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, "O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus." And Abram said, you have given me no offspring, so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him. This man is not to be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, Look toward the heaven and count the stars if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. Ah, jokes on you, we can count the stars. Yeah, like I said, <laughs> dirt and stars, things that can be pretty well estimated about how many there are. But, to give him credit, this is like pre-light pollution sky. So, he could actually just count the stars one by one, right? I mean, it'd be a tedious process. Yeah, I think it's, I don't think, I think God was banking on that not happening. <laughs> I think he was just like, hey. There's a lot of them, trust me. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know how many I put them there myself. Yeah. Look, man, I'm not gonna lie. I lost track. <laughs> it's gonna be a fucking lot, is is the point. <laughs> I, I also like how a slave almost had an appearance as an important person in the Bible. Well, I guess I should be fair to the Bible that a lot of slaves are important in the Bible later. But, you know, I guess this Eliezer guy of Damascus... Guess he's not important. He almost was, but no. <laughs> if only Abram's wife continued to be barren, <laughs> then maybe Eliezer of Damascus would have carried some importance. But as always, woman had to come in and ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, also not quite yet. As we'll as we'll get to it, even if uh. Well, I can I can kind of taste the foreshadowing. 
Yeah, yeah, no, the the foreshadowing's thick, like thick Gatorade. Thick as the air pollution in my home city. God bless that city. God did not bless the city. <laughs> please, please, God, bless the city. <laughs> then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? He said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, and a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. He brought him all these and cut them in two, laying each half over against the other. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but wait, oh one. God. But he did not cut the birds in two. <laughs> when the birds came... Oh shit, well I'm relieved. Everything's okay now. <laughs> And when birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Yeah, I'm not sure where this is going, bud. <laughs> well, I hope you're ready for this. Well, I'm sorry, go on. Well, I know, because wh what did he say? He said, a heifer, I don't know what that is, three years old, female goat three years old, and a ram three years old. Three, three, three. And then there came two birds. What's three times two? In this case, what's three, three, three times two? Six, six, six. Aw, oh, shit prefigurement of satan <laughs> and also what bird is more more associated with satan than anything else i don't know <laughs> but i'm guessing it's vultures a pigeon. <laughs> I, I would i would personally say it's the fucking uh geese but you know yeah no they're they are spawn for sure so we have a 666 around here by the way heifer's like a like a cow there's a wrestler called hugh hefner <laughs> say again so now i imagine it's you cow <laughs> hugh heifer <laughs> Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, you ready Ready for the Bible to have more normal ones? Uh, wait, one more thing. Yeah. So, cut them into laying each half over against the other. Mm -hmm. So, it's like just mismatching the corpses. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he cut them. I, I'm picturing, I don't know if this is what it's trying to describe, but I'm picturing him cutting them in half and then just kind of shittily trying to put them back together on the ground. <laughs> like, kind of just like matching them up. Like you, you haven't quite put the puzzle pieces together, but you're, but you, but you're pretty sure that they go together. So you're just sort of laying them on top of each other, where they should fit. God, God, them man, some weird animal sacrifices, dude. I mean, what is he gonna eat? Wheat? Fucking, he already, he already made made it very clear to Wheat Boy Kane that he is not interested in, uh, in some fucking vegetables. <laughs> he wants that. He wants that fucking gory <laughs> sacrifice. Yeah, this has to be the most complicated god, like, of any, like, mythology. Because, like, the asset gods, all they want is, like, the blood of an animal, or they want the heart of something. With, like, the Greek gods, all they want is, like, a beautiful woman to fuck. They also wanted animal sacrifices, to be fair. With the Egyptian gods, it's just, they just want sperm. With the, Egyptians, with the Egyptian gods, they just want sperm. At least Sobek. And now, God wants, like, this really convoluted fucking uh, salad of, of animals. <laughs> Animal salad. I think this is the opposite of salad. <laughs> well, what, would you, what else would you call it? I, I, I don't know the English word for it. I think it's, uh... I, 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 think, I think the English word is, a uh, mass grave. <laughs> I mean, he does make a lot of those, but, like... I, 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 I don't know what the English word for it is. Like, he wants a ceviche of fucking animals in front of him. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, this is messy. I can smell this verse. <laughs> I can smell this. 
these verses. I also just fucking love the um the little detail that like birds of prey, which I'm guessing are vultures. Yeah, I think it just kind of like came in and swooped into the cor like you know the corpses and uh, Abram's just like no shoot go away. I like to picture a bald eagle. Even the Bible states that birds are. <laughs> I like annoying. to picture a bald eagle, even though that's like they don't live here. <laughs> <laughs> from the from the war. Well, I mean, you know that we can assume was right in the background of that verse about <laughs> the war with America shit coming in. I feel like I feel like it was the bald eagle, and I feel like it shed a tear. <laughs> It's like, damn, you guys have no idea how great these things are going to become. Can you count the bald eagles? That's how many descendants you'll have. <laughs> <laughs> you can count the many wars America will be fought, will be fighting here. That's how many descendants you'll have. Can you count the amount of wars America has lost? <laughs> In this specific area over here, <laughs> somebody descendants you'll have. <laughs> Better yeah, if you, if you can count the amount of money America's gonna spend here. <laughs> Look at the amount of United States tax dollars. <laughs> if you can't, if you can count them, I can't. I can't count them. I sure can't either. I think the amount of tax dollars spent in the Middle East, like since like the 1980s, has been like in the trillions. Has has there even existed a trillion people? Um, me? No, I don't think so. I feel like that number's way too big. I wanted, I wanted to say one at one point. I heard that there's about as many people who have ev who have ever lived and died as there are people alive currently. Oh God, that's. I could be wrong. Everyone don't necessarily believe me on that. I'm gonna take your word for it, and that's fucking. I mean, cause I believe it. Cause what, like the 1930s, there were only like a billion people. I mean, I, you know what, we probably have our numbers wrong. By the way, that thought is very, very eye-opening. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, yeah, I was wrong. Let me see. I, I think I was wrong. This is why we gave a disclaimer in the first episode. You can't get mad at us. No, yeah, probably about 107 billion people have ever lived, and there's like 7.8 people who are currently alive. 7.8 billion people, I should say. Yeah, so that's not even a tenth of a trillion. Yeah. <laughs> Way more than there are people a lot currently alive, but way less than a trillion, because a trillion is a big fucking number. So, Abram got the got the animals, cut them in half, shittily put them back together, and chased off some birds. Are you ready for that to resolve into something, Juan? That's that sounds like a terrible. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. A bit. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's see where this goes. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and a deep and terrifying darkness descended upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know this for certain, that your offspring shall be aliens in a land that is not theirs, and shall be slaves there, and they shall be oppressed for four hundred years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for yourself... You shall go to your ancestors in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age. And they shall come back here in the fourth generation. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. What the fuck? Here you go again with the convoluted plans. Yeah. <laughs> Why is any of this necessary? <laughs> I don't know. But I like how he's having a fucking bad trip. Yeah, well, Abram's not the only one having a bad trip. So is God. <laughs> that's the only way he's coming up with these fucking ideas. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Like always, the Bible is spoiling itself. Um, 
I like how he's going to his ancestors, which is, like, an interesting way to conceptualize the afterlife. That being... Uh, let me clarify that. That that does not say that he is going to go to heaven. In fact, Catholic theology says that he's not in heaven. But it does say he's going somewhere, which, like, I think even modern Judaism doesn't have, like, definite things about what the afterlife is. But, like, just no Christians that... It, he didn't say heaven. <laughs> also, all those guys who... Well, sorry, go on. Well, as far as we know, heaven doesn't even exist yet. Yeah, there, there is nothing said about heaven in the text of the Bible thus far. It's just kind of just kind of said to Abraham, you're going to die a nice good old death, which is, you know, one of the better fates in the Bible, I feel like. You'll spend the afterlife with your ancestors. Not all people who did good, but your ancestors. So, um, he talks about the iniquity of the Amorites also, but, like, Abram just finished fighting a war with a couple of Amorites being his buddies in it, and it doesn't seem as if anything has happened since then to make them bad. I guess he said that the iniquity is not yet complete, but I don't even see it having started yet. <laughs> oh, but a genocide is coming for them. Someday. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On the day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, and the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Which is a... Which by the way, that is a lot more land than what we would typically consider Israel nowadays. It's a lot more land than, is, than like ancient Israelites or Jewish people ever actually controlled. But yeah, thus is the fucking mushroom trip that is the Covenant. I guess I was wrong, those fucking cut-in-half bodies did did come back into place. Assuming that that's what it, the text meant by these pieces. I guess a smoking pot and flaming torch passed between them. Which maybe supports the uh, theory that they were vertical instead of horizontal. Oh, so they were just standing? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Which, like, how the fuck did they, they stay up is a different question. <laughs> I, like, I like to think, you know, he, he, he split them down the middle, right? Mm-hmm. It just had the two pieces just kind of support each other, like like two cards. <laughs> you, you think he... <laughs> and then the pot passed through underneath them. <laughs> you think he made a fucking, uh... Like a, a house. tent. <laughs> you think he made a house of animal, though? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, that's what... Growing up, if they illustrated the Bible stories like this, I might have been a bit more interested. Yeah, I, I could see some fucking, like, Andrew Hodorowsky... Like, I could see this being, like, a Hodorowsky fucking scene. It's just, like, a disembodied fire pot and flaming torch passing between, like, disemboweled and cut-in-half animals. Like, this shit is just wild. <laughs> the Dead Sea is the sea with all the salt, right? Yeah. I think literally in the text, like, the footnote says, like, salt lake or something like that. Well, while they were in those caves writing this, they must have been hallucinating from drinking all that salt water. <laughs> you think it was written right there? <laughs> I have no idea, but like that's where they found the earlier manuscripts. Some of so them, that's anyways. What I'm going with. I think those are like uh, near Jesus' time, though the Dead Sea Scrolls. Well, whatever. That's my head canon because nobody can prove me otherwise. <laughs> it's like God telling you to count the fucking <laughs> the fucking dirt. It's also really funny. This is just like a 
like just the consequence of playing Chinese telephone with these stories. Oh yeah. It's like no, no, he had the animals walking with the torch in the pot. He didn't cut them in half. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, we have no idea what the stories were in their original incarnations, and they almost certainly changed over time. So, strictly speaking. So, anyways, they, he separated the animals into two, and then put like gave them a torch in a pot and have them go in a circle to contact God. What? He cut the animals in half? Okay. Okay, man. Whatever you say. All right. So Abram's got the, got the covenant. His descendants will be as numerous as as there are bald eagles in America. Which is not a lot. One, <laughs> you can't count how many bald eagles there are. Go look outside and look at all the bald eagles. You can't even count how many there are. Well, okay, sure, I can't do that because there's no bald eagles near me. But uh, I, I can certainly ask people who have counted them. And oh, look, there's only 316,000. Juan, you don't know. Juan, you can't count that high. <laughs> That's true. I went to public school. I can't count that high. So as the text keeps fucking pointing out, Abram still doesn't have a kid. Do- doesn't even have one little bald eagle baby. But don't worry. They come up with a solution to that. Are you ready? Yo, imagine how, like, annoying ants are at, like, 25, and they're already nagging you for kids. Now imagine if you're, like, 215. <laughs> yeah, I think they're, like, fucking, like, at least in their 80s at this point. Oh, yeah. Well, still, I'd still be pretty annoying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Very annoying. <laughs> Even more annoying as time goes on. And they're, and they're 217 in Europe, 197. And you're, and they're like, so, when's it gonna happen, huh? Hey, Brum, I told you you shouldn't have married that broad. She's a barren desert. Don't you dare talk about my wife like that, man. Oh my god. It's so fucked, but we're about to get into something even more fucked. Are you ready? <laughs> Hell yes. What's more fucked than two animals split in half? Just, oh, tell me what's gonna, tell me what's more fucked than I will. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bore him no children. She had an Egyptian slave whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, You see that the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my slave. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. Oh. So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her slave, and gave her to her husband Abram as his wife. He went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my slave to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Your slave is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she ran away from her. So this is what they call sexual assault. And I I, I think it's important to point this out in case religious people are going to be like, Oh, I don't know. Uh... Yeah, slaves can't consent, and what ended up happening is one of many reasons why. Past the fact that you can't say no, uh, you can be beaten if your slave master's wife, for example, thinks that you're looking at her funny. I I, I don't think this usually gets brought up as being one of the most fucked up parts in the Bible, but to me, it sure is. And, well, it's more fucked up because it has God's endorsement. Yeah, moreover. And and God's going to do a lot more endorsing as time goes on, but like... Yeah, no, this is this is fucked up. 
and, and I want everyone listening to this to remember that that this is this is bad. This is not good. Like past the fact that like someone's wife probably didn't have a lot of power to consent one way or another. If your wife is also literally your slave, literally a slave, that's no. <laughs> and now we get to 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 see God's true fucking colors here. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry it got so dark. This will happen again. <laughs> I'm sorry it happened. It's going to keep happening. <laughs> the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring that was on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am running away from my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will so greatly multiply your offspring that they cannot be counted for multitude. So God is a f what they call a fucked up individual. <laughs> Him and his fucking angels. Also, this is the first time an angel is mentioned at all. Yeah, this is the first angel. And and it's and it's in this story. He's <laughs> like, hey, you know, this is the first angel, and the angel is basically the entire anti-abortion legal system. <laughs> yeah, the first angel said, at hey, listen, I as the ambassador of an all-powerful being say that you should be a slave. But, like, you're gonna have so many fucking descendants. So, yeah. <laughs> but don't worry, you're going to go through the horrors of childbirth. And of slavery. And slave. Listen, listen. I'm going to take away your autonomy in an exchange. <laughs> Sorry. You're going to have a, a child, and it's gonna hurt a lot. Because Eve ate an apple, you see. <laughs> and then had- Oh, hey, Justice Kavanaugh, what are you doing here in this podcast? <laughs> oh my goodness, our special guest. Fucking Brett Kavanaugh. But yeah, this is just a fucking disaster of a story. This the story with Abram, you know, kind of started like uh, you know a little. Oh damn! Look at Abram. He's quite the mischievous person. All right, look at his adventures go. It turned from Batman, sixties Batman, to Watchmen real quick. <laughs> Very quickly lost its its innocence. I liked it better when they were getting captives in war, actually. I like it when they got the women and the people from the war. I just miss those those early innocent days of Abram, you know? That That's just, like, honestly, like, whatever. It's at the least in the background, and not, like, so in it's, your it's face. A, yeah, it was in the background. Nothing of that was put up, like, a face wasn't put to any of those people that actually died. It was just kind of told, like, whatever myth, really. Oh, this guy went into this war and came out victorious. Like, we're so used to that. Not too many myths where it's like, yeah, she got sexually assaulted and it was a good thing. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, there's... <laughs> sorry, well, sorry, I, I, I'm, okay. I'm still sort of shocked. I, I, sorry if I missed anything from that, but like... Also, that's a lot of Greek mythology, <laughs> unfortunately. It's, 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 not pain, it's not painted in a positive light. It <laughs> At least it's pa usually painted in a neutral light, like Zeus had sex with somebody who cannot consent or who who did not consent or could not consent and then a hero was born no yeah that did happen a lot but it's never like you know zeus is never like none of the greek gods are painted as like the arbiters of morality like they usually don't like have things start to look up for the victim and then be like hey why why would why would you think your situation should be improved get back in there which like horrible shit happens but like it's not, yeah, it's not often, like, the narrator's note, basically, like, hey, get back into that awful situation. Yeah, man, th this is just so... Yeah, this one's getting really personal enough. <laughs> Alright, you ready for more, uh, endorsement? Yeah, let's go. 
And the angel of the Lord said to her, Now you have conceived, and shall bear a son. You shall call him Ishmael, for the Lord has given heed to your affliction. He shall be a wild ass of a man, (laughs) with his hands against everyone, and everyone's hands against him. And he shall live at odds with all of his kin. So she named the Lord who spoke to her, You are Elroy. For she said, Have I really seen God and remained alive after seeing him? Therefore the well was called Bir Lahai Roy. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. So now so, you're going to bear the son of your uh, master. That son is going to be a big fucking asshole. Yeah, he's going to be a big... <laughs> I think it means donkey more than just, like, an asshole. <laughs> Wait, literally? I, I think, like, he'll be a wild donkey of a man is a way you could probably also read it. <laughs> I don't think it's so much a wild ass <laughs> as we think of it. Oh, man, he's going to be such an ass. He's going to be able to, care, to like, lift 200 pounds on his back. It's going to be wild. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be a fucking pack mule of a man, but he's well, also gonna yeah, that's true. It's gonna though. be a rowdy one. And then she, yeah, she said, "Have I really just spoke with God and remain alive?" I kind of took it to mean, "Damn, I should have died then and there. That would have been better." Fuck. The one benefit from talking to God at this moment for her, and it didn't even happen. That's fucking devastating. <laughs> this is a this is a sad story, man. Also, I can't wait till we get to the description of what the angels look like. Because I heard they are really trippy. I'm going to be honest, I see that meme a lot. I fucking love that meme. I don't know... Maybe it's some weird thing, offhand thing in the prophets. But, like, at the very least, it's going to be a while if it happens. So, we've got... we've, We've really delved into the atrocities on this one. But I think this story is missing just a little... Little extra spice, don't you, Juan? It's missing extra spice. You sound like an Indian commenting on Mexican food. <laughs> Damn, how far are you willing to go? <laughs> so, so you know, we've got the big strokes of what a story needs, but I think that the characters should get their names changed now. When Abram was ninety-nine years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, "I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will make my covenant between me and you." and will make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. (laughs) (laughs) For I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, And I will make nations of you, and kings shall come of you. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your offspring after you, throughout their generations, for an everlasting covenant, to be God to you, and to your offspring after you. I will give you, and to your offspring after you, the land where you are now an alien, all the land of Canaan, for a perpetual holding, and I will be their God. Perfect Bible. Thank you for anticipating my needs. Oh my god, I'm sorry, it's just like, I'm getting flashbacks to Elden Ring, where like, after you defeat the boss the first time, you think you're fighting the boss the second time, but he has a different name now. 
<laughs> and so it's like, is this the same person or not? Or is it just like, what is the conditions and why he changed his name? <laughs> oh, first I was Margit, the fell omen. Now I'm Morgoth, the golden king. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that happens in animes too, but I can't recall one off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I don't know why that's so funny to me. <laughs> Alright. Um, Slim Shady upgraded to Marshall Mathers. Abraham upgraded to... Ab- Abram upgraded to Abraham. God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you throughout the generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, imagine you're fucking Abraham at this point, and you're like, okay, God told me to go here. I'll do that. You know, he's he's saying a lot of stuff to me, and that's good. Like, he's getting the fucking love bomb from God. <laughs> and then, and then, and then the sacrifice comes. Hey, uh, mutilate your genitals. You want you want your fucking nation? Mutilate your genitals. Alright, your foreskins, hand them over. <laughs> Alright, this is a stick up. <laughs> Such a fucking one of them, man. What the fuck is he gonna do with them? <laughs> is that is that how you built Jesus? I like the idea that <laughs> I like that your initial thought is that he's <laughs> Just a few more generations, I'll have enough. He's got the fucking, like, shitty sculpture down. Well, I mean, yeah, he had to make, like, Adam out of dust. True, he had to- But he wanted to make, like, a better human, he make- so he couldn't just make it out of dust. He had to make Adam out of dust, he had to make Eve out of rib. <laughs> but Jesus. How do you make the ultimate That's- Jew? By using Jewish foreskins. <laughs> That might be a little too anti-Semitic. Oh, is it? I don't know. I didn't mean it that way. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Let's sleep on it. (laughs) It's like in 40k, the emperor needed some, like, chaos warp stuff to make his children. (laughs) God needed foreskin. We gotta build on things. We gotta build on it. You can't just make it from nothing. What is he, God? (laughs) Okay. You shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Throughout your generations, every male among you shall be circumcised when he is eight days old, including the slave born in your house and the one bought with your money from any foreigner who is not your offspring. Both the slave born in your house and the one bought with your money will be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Yeah, so it really seems like it, like God is like, okay, I've built an, up enough trust. We've trauma bonded enough. I've gotten him to do some horrid shit. He, he did some horrid shit on his own, let's be honest. But now, now's where we really get into it. Now's when I can fucking spring the circumcision shit on him. God is such a goal mover, dude. It's like, no, I promise you, you will have children. And then he comes back like years later. No, 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 no. I, I, I know you don't have children yet, but trust me, you will have children. All I have to do is this. He's very much shifting the fucking goalpost. And then he has children, and I was like, look, look, I, you already have a child, but like, I'll make you even more numerous. <laughs> trust me, bro. <laughs> dude, bro, just trust me. Trust me, bro. 
Bro, just trust me. Come on. Oh, God. <laughs> All I need is a few foreskins, Look, bro. I just need a few more foreskins. And in four generations, you're... And then some generations are gonna pass, and then you'll be slaves. But then after that, after that, oh, boy. Just trust me, bro. Just trust me. And Abraham being a fucking idiot, he does. Yeah, and speaking of that fucking baby shit, <laughs> the following verses happen. God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai. But Sarah shall be her name. I will... Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're getting into more fucking name <laughs> name changes. He's, he's He is shifting goalposts and changing names. He is just... <laughs> he has just altered the fucking deal here. God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and also give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed, and said to himself, Can a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Can Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? Really adapted to that name change. Quick. Especially for a hundred year old. Yeah, so when like a boomer complains that pronouns and like gender swaps are too hard, it's like... Abraham did Abraham it. adjusted to a whole fucking name you? change, yeah. Immediately not dead naming her. Well, at least he's not a despicable person in that regard. <laughs> he's, this is some lib shit. Like, he has slaves and is just like a monster. But he's not dead naming Sarah. But but he has, he has a pride flag, so... Like, yeah, he's like a rapist. But, like, he's kind of progressive, so don't please don't cancel his Netflix show. Please vote him for president. Big Joe Biden energy. I also love how Abraham just said to God, but me and her are barren. <laughs> Can we have kids? Yeah, he's literally laughing at God's fucking face. I mean, I am too. I've been giggling this whole time you've been reading. <laughs> nice. And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live in your sight. God said, No, but your wife Sarah shall bear you a son, and you shall name him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant, for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will bless him and make him fruitful and exceedingly numerous. He shall be the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this season next year. And when he had finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. So yeah, I love how Isaac's the one to pay attention to in theory, but like, Ishmael immediately has 12 princes who he is the father of. I kind of I kinda love this, that, like, cruelty where a Abraham raped his slave to have offspring to be his heir. And kind of turns out he didn't need to do that. But God still rewarded him with more offspring anyways. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, like, I don't, because, like, Exodus, you know, there there will obviously be sympathy for slaves in the future of this story but like right now god these every slave in this is just treated like shit <laughs> they either have like one sentence reference or they go through the hell that hagar went through or they get passed over for the fucking covenant just god damn man great for the next verse oh uh, yeah okay i was waiting for you to start then abraham took his son ishmael and all the slaves born in his house or bought with his money every man among the men of Abraham's house, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskin that day, as God said to him. <laughs> oh my god. 
Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And his son Ishmael was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very day, Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised, and all the men of his house, slaves born in the house, and those bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. That kind of did, that that whole paragraph was like an A B B A of information. <laughs> like it just repeated itself. <laughs> also, also love the idea of Abraham just arriving at his at his slave dorm or wherever he kept them. And it's like, all right, everybody, gather up. We're circumcising everybody. Yeah, it's fucking. It's like okay, I get you've had you've been having that weird I talk to God shit this whole time, but it's fucking gone too far. You've now officially lost it, Abraham. So, Abram, sorry, Abraham. Abram, you've been hanging around those half-corpses and burning pots again. <laughs> In the course of one fucking day, he changes his name to Abraham, changes his wife's name to, to Sarah, and predicts he's gonna have a kid next year, and he's a hundred, and then he fucking circumcises all of the people who can't tell him no. And you all thought the Beatles did a switch that quick. <laughs> Yeah, dude, this is way more extreme than Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. I never thought I'd... Yeah, but the domestic abuse is still there. Ah, shit. You're right. (laughs) The Bible, if you don't read it with religious eyes, this is, like, the greatest piece of dark humor ever. I'm sorry to realize. It's such a fucking disaster. (laughs) Everything here, that's that's why I want... You know, that's why... I thought this would be a good idea for a podcast. Is just how just how fucked this is, and how just surreal and horrifying. <laughs> when you don't read it with a religious, either with religious filtering or with a religious like mindset, like this is just a fucked up dude. The Confederate slavers were really well. I guess just the South in general. The Southern slavers were just really trying to compete with biblical figures as to see who can be terrible people. Huh? Yeah, no, the fucking plantation owners of the South had this as their fucking as their fucking role model basically they look at like some of the most horrid shit that i've ever read in my life and they're just like yeah that's a fucking patriarch that's a that's a that's a virtuous man of old you know what's really what's really striking me right now which i feel maybe should have become as a revelation earlier in my life but it just hasn't that's because always you look right now with our modern lenses you look back at those fucking slavers you'll be like well yeah of course john brown wasn't a right to fucking kill them because look at all the terrible shit that did. I can't believe nobody else did that same thing. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of realizing now, like, their whole, the entirety basis of, like, society for the last thousand years was structured on this fucking book that just says shit like this, just straight up. Yeah. This is their fucking book. Yeah, it's a combination of shit like that and, like, instead of just, like, sort of accepting the fact that they're doing shitty things. Because, like, I was, I was re-listening to some of those, like, free online Yale courses, which I highly recommend anyone listen to. Anyone but me. Anyone anyone but Juan. Juan's not allowed to learn until I teach him <laughs> in this context. But like she's talking like the lecturer was talking about like misconceptions of the Bible and one of them was that these are good people who you should model your lives on. And like historically that just wasn't the case. Because like saints became a thing later people who you should model your lives on but like as you pointed out the bible is just unapologetically has people do shitty things yeah it kind of seems to me like throughout the whole course of i guess just religious belief it's been trying to separate itself from the main text because it's it's uh 
slowly getting uncomfortable with its own theological basis. It's layers upon layers built up that I feel like it's very interesting and important, I'd argue, to just see it all stripped away and see what just the bare bones, what is here and what is it saying, you know? I'm not sure if watering down is the correct term, but, you know, putting layers over the horrendous shit that's in here kind of kind of led to a better society yeah i think it makes it more palatable though i'm not sure it make i would have to do more research on that yeah i mean it makes it more palatable though and it makes it like you know like the fucking antebellum slave holders like they weren't catholic were they it makes well yeah but like protestant theology is often at the very least there's a there's a connection there's a direct line of thought even if it's a break in terms of like you know theology from like catholic and orthodox thought like particularly catholic because of western europe as the place of uh protestantism but like even if there were a lot of disagreements within all of this stuff there's also a whole lot of agreement like you don't see people like in product in like 90 99 percent of protestant denominations like questioning the tripartite nature of god and like questioning the nicene creed like there's so much of this shit in the background even in like protestant denominations that's from like you know a thousand like 1500 years of catholic thought in particular at the very least like catholic and eastern orthodox and you know i'm not trying to like erase different theologies like you know coptics and stuff but like in terms of like you know protestant denominations born of western europe a lot of that shit's going to be catholic orthodox thought in particular and a lot of that and like you know building and and changing and scrapping some things and keeping other things from there is one thing but like at the very least there's a lot of theological consensus between particularly catholics and a lot of protestants now like non-denominational stuff gets really screwy when it's one dude preaching to a group of people he can kind of just say whatever he wants (laughs) you know when there's a bigger structure there's more theological groundwork and consensus as opposed to like you know christian cults basically because you know god knows what they think they can think whatever they want because they have no like wider community to adhere to and you know like we've said there's as many christianities as there are christians at the end of the day because everybody conceptualizes religion and god differently but well i just got i think i just trying to say thank goodness for whatever force that came about that separated our modern society with the bible because whatever they're preaching right now like they're not preaching this they're like nitpicking the good parts of the whatever the bible may have to offer so i'm just happy yeah, for that I, separation that had occurred somehow you know what i mean yeah i mean i think i i hear you i think that i mean it, it's a combination of things because i'm sure they're not going to put the fucking war part in there at least in terms of like catholic liturgy it's not usually one that gets brought up in the rotation and and to clarify in Catholicism like there are specific verses that you read on specific days throughout the whole year like there are 365 and and maybe there's some that rotate in and rotate out but like there are basically 365 verses from the Old Testament and 365 verses from the New Testament that you hear when you go to Catholic mass and like this probably isn't making the cut but like there there's also some horrid shit that does make the cut I've heard pre- I heard preachers say really horrid stuff from just random clips on YouTube. Oh yeah, like, and that's that's its own fucking can of worms. I mean, I had I've had fucking deacons giving sermons talking about how good greed is and that how you shouldn't be 
too open-minded. Like, recently... But, like, in terms of, like, the specific verses... Sorry, go on. No, I was gonna say how, like, recently, I think it was, like, two weeks ago, some pastor... I'm pretty sure it was, like, a Catholic church got, like, a, in a whole heap of, um... Well, not trouble, but backlash from him saying, like, on stage that we should just hang gay people. Dear God. <sighs> and, uh... I, I, I doubt he's mm-hmm. the only one. Yeah, unfortunately. Mega church recordings of... No, in fact, I know there's mega church recording talking about fucking uh, Hurricane Katrina being a punishment for gay people and stuff like that. Oh, uh, but I don't even think that was just mega churches. I think that was just like, I think that was just a general sentiment at the time. I remember hearing clips of politicians saying that at the time. Yeah, I mean, I think based in religion, though. I mean, you know, we saw the flood for all the sinful dinosaur wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nephilim. It's just important to fucking grapple with this shit. I think. You know, look at this and think, hey, what am I going to take away from this, you know? is This book is weirder than I thought. What am I going to do with that information? <laughs> you know, because, like, there's weird parts that get, you know, told in church, I'm sure. I mean, I never heard any of the weirdest shit I found just poking around reading. But, like, don't necessarily look at this shit under the context of somebody else, like, curating it for you. I think it's important to, like, to look at its entire text, which is why I'm, like skipped a combined like 10 verses so far at most and i've like said when i do is because i want this very much to be the text of the bible that we are just looking at and talking about how fucking weird it is so yeah so so next time you're at thanksgiving dinner just remember all those people around you it's the fucking book where they supposedly get their morality from not me though i for some reason was blessed with a secular family god bless a good secular family I went to Catholic school, but had a secular family. <laughs> for the most part, anyways. I mean, a little bit of back and forth, but, like, for the most part. <laughs> and thank God. So, on that brings us to the end of the episode. <laughs> Ironically, thank God for my secular family. Thank God for my secular family. <laughs> All right, Juan. Thus is the end of the episode. What, what did you think overall? We've already basically given some summarizing words, but can, can you try and summarize it for us, even? <laughs> yeah, so this was the tale of Abram who, um, after he's defeated, not defeated, but after a while, he gets his name turned to Abraham, comically enough. He got a vision from God saying that you should be a nomad with a bunch of slaves, take your wife and your nephew. And so he went about being a nomad. Then somewhere along the lines, his nephew got kidnapped and he did a whole War of Troy thing and rescued him. Then he was like, God, I have no children. And God's like, don't worry, you'll get children. Then he comes back there and like, God, I have no children. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're going to get a child, all right? You're going to have a lot of them. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to have as many children as Epstein has in his basement. Oh, no. Then he, uh, it's like, damn, I'm not getting any children. I'm going to go rape a slave. Then that slave is raped, shamed by God and an angel. And then God fucking rewards Abraham with another kid for raping a slave. So now Abraham's going to have as many offspring as notes in a black meaty song then god made his convoluted plan to gather as many foreskins at his can for his ultimate creation jesus i think that is a good note to end on jesus all right Juan, thank you for joining me and thank you everybody for listening oh god what a disaster this is (laughs) it is absolutely my pleasure and my duty moreover and all right everyone and i'm gonna try to mentally prepare for whatever horrors are gonna come next Oh boy, you should. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.